0: Everybody, come on! Hey, you can dance. Right. With it. Merry
1: Christmas! I didn't know how you would pop and dance to this music. I feel like we should be on horses, or we should be in a carriage or something.
0: We should be on horses. It's so funny the mental associations we make with different music. This is hilarious. Well- Nate is Sorry. like in the middle of the woods, uh, with a, in a sleigh with jingle bells on that's the right
1: side. 100%. That's what I hear when I hear that music. I hear a giant wooden sleigh with jingle bells and Clydesdale horses galloping through the woods.
0: So that's funny. I, in fairness, uh, the producer's bringing it back <laughs> so we can continue the i am in the middle of new york with the ginormous christmas tree next to the skating rink so and, and yes. they're still coming down see i okay that's in awesome Paris. i love I'm that awesome one horses, but i'm in new york city <laughs> like i'm a, in a scene of uh, home alone 2 or something like that oh
1: yes 100 oh, i love it
0: well very well, almost christmas
1: yeah this is good
0: <laughs> that's right um I have something embarrassing to share with everyone. I have not yet decorated for Christmas. I've got a couple of Christmas trees and I actually have a big Christmas tree here on my desk, but my home is not decorated yet for Christmas. I have a Merry Christmas sign up, but I don't have the tree up yet because it has been a crazy, busy work season. I had a crazy travel week last week, my last one of the year, where I got to visit with a lot of our ministry partners. So anyways, it has been insane. Um, I normally like to get my Christmas deco up a lot earlier, but it, it didn't happen quite this year. But hey, we've got a few days until Christmas. I've still got some time, so we'll see, right? <laughs>
1: so sad. I sure hope you accomplish your goal. So, growing up, sometimes we didn't get Christmas decorated to like the twenty third, and yep. that is something we always made sure of as adults. That as Chris and I established our home, Christmas decorations are paramount. So, like the the latest they go up is like the day or two after Thanksgiving, and sometimes they go up before Thanksgiving. So,
0: well, and depending on people's churches, there's some people who really wait until Christmas Eve. There's others that are doing it. Thanksgiving Friday, Black Friday, so to speak. So I guess to each his own, right? But right. anyways, you if you walked into my house, you'd see a couple of signs of Christmas. But we're not as cool as you and Kristen are, Nate. We'll get there someday. Anyway, one day. Yeah, and because of that, I I don't have a cool Christmas hat on. Last year, I had this ridiculous hat on that dance. Do you remember that? I pressed the you button. Did. And yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, but I but I do have these guys in the background. If you're watching the video, at least if you're listening to the podcast. I have many Christmas trees on the bookshelf behind me and it makes me happy. So anyways, all right. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of wake up to life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Lauren musica president and CEO of sidewalk advocates for life.
1: And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life, and again, it's such a great joy to be with you today and each and every Friday as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can all together continue to change hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life.
0: That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview, tip, more prayer. It is all right here, folks. And this is obviously our special Christmas edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. And we have a special interview for you today, a special save story from the sidewalk. Uh, This is sure to bless your socks off this Christmas. We actually purposefully put this story right in this spot for this show because we knew it would just warm your heart like nothing else. So you have to stay on to hear this special interview with this sidewalk advocate about a precious baby and mom who were saved from abortion. So exciting, it's gonna be a great show. Uh, Once again, I just wanna remind everybody that we are here every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, on YouTube, on Facebook Live, or wherever you get podcasts. All right, with all of that, let's go ahead and get rolling. Nate, you wanna open us with a word of prayer?
1: Sounds good. Let's pray. Dillard, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again this Friday. We're so grateful for all that you're doing across the pro-life, pro-love movement. And we're so grateful to be called by you. Thank you that we can celebrate together this Christmas season. And we we always honor and thank you, Jesus, for coming to the earth to be born um, and to grow and to be the savior of the world. We're just so grateful to everything that you have done in our lives personally and through our organizations. We're so grateful for all of the incredible miracles we continue to see. God, I pray that you would bless us today in this special show, that you would bless us throughout this weekend, and that you would continue to show us miracles on and off the sidewalk across America. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Nate. All right. Here's our headline for this week. Actually, we have an update to last week's story, and then we want to go ahead and give you some breaking, semi-breaking news. It actually came out kind of in between uh, the shows that we uh, put together here. So first we have a minor correction on the Kate Cox story that we brought you last week. So last week we mentioned to you that this was big news. A pregnant woman named Kate Cox, whose pre-born baby was diagnosed with trisomy 18 in the womb. So her 21-week-old daughter um, had received uh, a diagnosis of trisomy 18. She petitioned Texas courts to obtain an abortion, claiming that her life was at risk. Well, as she was leaving Texas to go get an abortion, uh, the Texas Supreme Court, and again, we don't, obviously, abortion is not, Legal here in Texas. That's kind of the, the pretext to all of this, right? So she petitioned the Texas courts. She wanted an abortion. She said that her life was actually at stake, even though really it's her daughter's life at stake. And the it was kind of working its way through the courts. She thought, she saw the writing on the wall, she thought she wasn't gonna be going to be able to get an abortion. So she went off to a neighboring state to prospectively have a later-term abortion, a, a D&E abortion. So she was leaving Texas to obtain this abortion. The news came down that the Texas Supreme Court indeed had ruled against Kate Cox uh, after she spent nearly a week seeking the court's permission to end her pregnancy. Now, uh, just to fill in a little bit more of the background, the Texas abortion ban makes narrow exceptions when the life of the mother is in danger, but not for fetal anomaly. Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton had argued that Cox had not shown any of the complications in her pregnancy Uh, had had risen to the level of threatening her life. Now, here's a little bit of the nuance that that actually we failed to pick up on because the social media chatter around this was so confusing. Right. I know that we were saying last week, hey, you know, when a baby is diagnosed, unfortunately, with trisomy 18 and may have a life limiting condition, although, hey, trisomy 18, a lot of children do go on to live. Uh, Bella Santorum is a really great example, the daughter of Senator Rick Santorum, um, a gentleman, of course, who had run for president at one point. Many of you may know his name, and, and his daughter Bella has trisomy 18. So these children do live Children do live with trisomy 18. Um, but it, it almost seemed like people didn't understand that just because Kate's daughter in utero had trisomy 18, that didn't threaten her life. And so people on social media were kind of harping on she needs an abortion because this is also a risk to mom. It's like people didn't understand. And we kind of picked up on that chatter and ran with it. But to her credit, one of our colleagues aptly pointed out that the actual reason that Kate Cox said in her legal complaint that her life was threatened or that her future fertility was threatened is that if her daughter was carried to term or induced early, Kate would have to undergo a third C-section and of course there are risks with that. Many of you have had C-sections, right? The more that you have, you risk like uterine rupture and things like this. I do have friends that have had multiple C-sections and done very well. Again, it, it has it has its risks, but you know, you're not usually worried about somebody just instantly dying from something like that, right? So the the nuance here was that Kate wanted a D&E abortion to take the life of her child instead because she had a prenatal diagnosis, delivering the baby in pieces vaginally. So what's not being acknowledged by the public is that D&E abortions come with major risks, including the ones that Kate is worried about, which would be, you know, possibly a life-threatening complication and even more so risk to her future fertility, right? A lot of women, when they've had one or multiple abortions, it can cause damage to the cervix. It can cause a problem. So anyways, it, it sometimes was hard to see through the chatter, but we do appreciate one of our colleagues digging through the actual legal complaint to see where the potential concern was coming from. And so we just wanted to clarify that, that that actually was the crux of Kate Cox's argument for wanting an abortion. Of course, at this point, we have no idea if she actually followed through with an abortion. Um, We think that that may have taken place. Our prayers are with this child, with uh, Kate herself and her family. Uh, We know that when parents receive tough news about their developing child, their their brief parents, and, and, you know, they wish that things had gone differently. Um, But there's always hope when you receive uh, news of a prenatal diagnosis. You know, we all on this earth have no idea how long we have. And um, my prayer is that every parent that receives news of prenatal diagnosis, a, a prenatal diagnosis, will look upon their child with dignity and choose to cherish that precious life as long as they have it that's our prayer for the culture and for our country and our world that we would just not discard human beings because they may have a challenge but it would be seen as an opportunity to welcome these special angels and teachers and of course, miracles happen, and uh, we've got you know a couple of sidewalk advocates in our ministry, um, where you know mom received news of a prenatal diagnosis, and her daughter Rachel is here thriving and a sidewalk advocate. So we get these amazing stories all the time, where what the diagnosis was is not actually what it was. So, um, anyways, we wanted to go ahead and update that for you, so that y- you know we were able to to uh, fill that story out just a little bit better. The second thing that we wanted to highlight, and this was news that came out in between our shows, so we didn't get to highlight it as breaking news, but I mean, everybody is chatting about it right now. The Supreme Court is re-entering the debate on abortion. So this is the first abortion case since it's handed down. handed down the Dobbs decision. So it agreed last week to hear an appeal from the Biden administration about access to the abortion pill mifepristone. So mifepristone is one, it's basically the first of the two pill chemical abortion regimen, right? Otherwise known as medication abortion which I hate that term because it's not really medication that's helping anybody, right? But it makes up more than half of recent abortions in the United States. It's the most prevalent form of abortion. So this is a big deal. So what had happened is that late last year, the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, a pro-life a medical organization, sued the FDA, accusing it of overstepping its authority when it pushed through the approval for Mifepristone in the year 2000. That case triggered several months of litigation and ultimately led to the Supreme Court's decision last Wednesday to weigh in. Here is uh, what is amazing. This is an opportunity for the Supreme Court to look at FDA protocol to see whether or not this uh, abortion pill was just shoved through the whole process. And it could put chemical abortion at risk in the United States in a good way. Um, Now, there's questions exactly about how this could play out. You know, would chemical abortion be removed from the market uh would they then go to just using the second pill which just expels the, the the pregnancy right there's just a lot of questions right now exactly about how this could play out so we're going to keep eyes and ears on this and we will let you know what is potentially to come so nate really interesting uh headlines here um proud of the state of texas for holding the line on really what is a life-threatening issue and what is not. We know that we never need to go in and directly take the life of a child to preserve the life of the mother. And then on the flip side too, we may have an opportunity to save a lot of lives from the dangerous chemical abortion regimen. Chemical abortion is responsible for multiple deaths of women and it is brought with a risk after risk after risk like sepsis and infection and hemorrhaging. And we've even had friends that have been through chemical abortion and experienced just that. In fact, most of the women I talked to had some sort of complication that where they were scared for their life, basically. Right. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, Lauren, you did a great highlight of the Kate Cox situation and we, we are, you know, compassionate towards her concerns, but I think just the reality that the risks of a late-term abortion At least are equal to, if not outweighing, the risks to another C-section. And then again, the reality of we never want to be a part of harming the life of a child. So, you know, I think a great highlight there. And then just turning to the Supreme Court's decision to take this case, I think this is a really important case that's coming before the court. And it's a really important reminder to us as a culture of the dangers of chemical abortion. And like you said, Lauren, so many women if not every single woman who has ever had a chemical abortion has complications regard um, regarding that process. They have complications that are related to the strength of the medication and to what these medications do. And I know we don't like using the, medica- the word medication because that means that it's helping somebody, but these drugs are very powerful and they cause a lot of harm to women. And so it is a good um, effort by, the um, those who are the plaintiffs in this case, taking this case all the way to the Supreme Court to see if the Supreme Court will see that the FDA overstepped its bounds. And another piece of this case that is a little bit of a smaller aspect is whether the continued expansion of the use of chemical abortion is also allowed under the FDA's approval of it all the way back to the year 2000. Important case. We should all be watching it. Thanks for reminding us, Lauren.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go on to our victory story. That's our next segment. If you're joining us for the first time, we go headline victory story tips, special interview, and then the show kind of closes out from there with a devotional and prayer. So as far as our victory story goes this week, I want to actually highlight the latest post on the sidewalk advocates for life blog. This is a guest post from the San Antonio coalition for life, which is the peaceful activist organization in the background in San Antonio, Texas, that sponsors the Sidewalk Advocates for Life program. And there is a new sidewalk advocate named Sam who went out for, I believe it was his first time or one of his first times on the sidewalk after his training. And he was so excited that one of the first people that he spoke to took him up on that offer of help for a free pregnancy test and prospectively sonogram and other services at the local pregnancy resource center. A woman's Haven is the name of that pregnancy center. So when he was out on the sidewalk, he did the universal roll down your window sign that we teach in the training. And this young woman who was in need of help, went ahead and rolled down her window and took information from Sam and went on to the Pregnancy Resource Center. And so anyways, you can read here on our blog, sidewalkadvocates.org, scroll down to our blog, and you can read a little bit more about the story, get a few more details. But we are so proud of Sam and other sidewalk advocates in San Antonio, Texas, who yes, are still serving on the sidewalk. Even though abortion is restricted now in Texas, we know that we've got these abortion referral centers that are working to get women, funnel women across state lines to the next nearest abortion facility. We have an opportunity to be at these referral sites to actually help people before they're tempted to make the investment of time, energy, and money to go across state lines seeking an abortion. So anyways, way to go, Sam. You got a precious woman away from the abortion industry and into the arms of someone that would actually help her and give her information accurate information on all of her options and she was able to get the help that she needed we don't actually know if she was pregnant or not but she was seeking pregnancy confirmation services and we know that our pregnancy resource centers are able to do that and they are able to do that for free so very exciting really really good story Such a
1: great victory story. Thanks, Lord. And that story dovetails very well with my tip for the week, which is about developing strong local connections. You know, this story highlights how important it is and how powerful it is when we have strong local connections to help women and men in need in these most critical moments. So what I wanted to just remind you today is that if you're in a community and you have been developing your sidewalk advocacy program or maybe you are already working with a pro-life organization in some other capacity that we want to encourage you to develop really strong relationships across your community of the pro-life, different pro-life organizations, whether that be your local pregnancy resource center, whether it be a local coalition for life, whether it would happen to be a strong church connection or a strong diocesan connection. We want to encourage you to continue to build Pro-Life contacts throughout your community that can help to make sure that you are cradling women and families in need under every circumstance. One of the ways that we encourage people to do this is that if you are developing a local Sidewalk Advocates for Life program, that you take our Pledge of Integrity, which can be found on our website, and you take it to your local pro-life contacts and talk to them about what it looks like to be in partnership with Sidewalk Advocates and how our very unique and very special program really works well in providing professional handoffs to local pro-life organizations. We'd also encourage you to share with your pro-life connections in your community, our Sidewalk Advocates videos that you can find, many of them on our YouTube channel, or even encourage them to watch our free 45 minute training primer, which can be found at Sidewalk, it can be found at SidewalkAdvocates.org slash 101. So again, I just want to remind you how critically important it is to be developing your pro-life contacts in your community so that you can continue to serve women and families in need in every capacity. Thanks, Lauren.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Nate. Such a good tip. And like you said, dovetailed so well with the victory story. All right, well, let's go ahead and go on to our next segment. We have a heartwarming Christmas save story for you. Uh, we are so excited to welcome to the show Solange Rodriguez. Is she here? Is she here? Mm-hmm. There she is. Hello,
2: everyone. Good
1: morning. Good morning. <laughs>
0: morning. One of our sidewalk advocates in the Northeast, she's going to share the story of baby Zoe that she has mm-hmm. with her this morning. So exciting. So, Solange, tell us a little bit about you, your work in the movement, how you came to be a sidewalk advocate, and then we are just so excited to get into this story.
2: Awesome! Thank you so much. Thank you for having me um, on your on your show and baby Zoe. Um, well, I started by praying across the street from the abortion center. And I did that with an organization named LifeNet. And I did that for 40 days for life. And I would go with my mom and my sisters. And it was just such a beautiful experience. Yet, um, I would always wonder like, what more can I do? I wanted to talk to these girls, but I said, do you need training? Did I need to go to school for this? Did I need to be a social worker? I wasn't sure what was needed for me to be able to have contact with these mamas. I didn't wanna just uh, make that move, right? Um, And one day being at a rally, I ended up meeting the one that was um, holding it down, let's just say, um, with sidewalk counseling in my area, in in the abortion center where I would pray. And um, it was just very random. We were just getting to our car and uh, she looked over to me. and She said, do you speak Spanish? And I said, um, I do. And she said, great. I'm looking for someone that speaks Spanish to do sidewalk advocacy. And I said, I've been praying on that. And um, we just connected and I did um, the training. And before then, actually, um, she said, I would like for you to experience to, to come through because I just felt like God was asking me to cross that street, to really cross the street and make that move, right? And um and it was just, it was just so sweet to have met Adriana who who guided me through on that. And um the first day that I went to train where I was going to see how everything works out, um, we had a save. Well she had a save, I had a save. And it was just such a wonderful uh moment and such a confirmation from the Lord that he was he was asking for me to to partake of, of all of this. And she said, there was a moment where, um, we were out there and she says, I'm going to have to let you go because I have a save. So she took her over to get an ultrasound. And then I stayed there. She said, I I can leave you. I, I, I trust that I can leave you here on your own right now. And I stayed there. And that's when I also had a save. So that was my first day of sidewalk advocacy and the rest is green. That's beautiful. That's so
1: awesome. What a beautiful story. So, you know, you have baby Zoe there with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that story and how you got involved in baby Zoe's life?
2: Yes. Yeah, so that day I was heading over to the abortion center and um, I received a call from uh, another sidewalk advocate. And she says, Sol, uh, two of them, we have this mama here. Um, she only speaks Spanish. Would you be able to talk to her and and and?" St- and see what uh, what can happen. So I got on the phone with her mama, and I said, "Listen, I know I don't know you, but I care for you, and I and I and I want to be able to be there for you. I want to walk with you um, in, in in this very important stage of your life. Please don't leave." Um, and and when I got there, gave her the you know a huge hug and just just you know wanted to hear her. I just wanted her to be seen, and you know she told me how she. She was just going through some financial situations, some issues, you know, with the father. And it was actually she has uh, two other children, two boys. And it was the birthday of the youngest one. And she didn't even have money for a birthday cake. And I said, let's not worry about that. We're going to we're going to handle all of it. And just let me be there for you. And um, that same day, I met her other two boys. She 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 wanted me to to come by so I can meet them. We bought them food. We got the birthday cake uh, for the little one. And ever since then, we've been sharing um, special moments together: birthdays, uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, all the holidays um, together as a family.
1: Wow, That's so beautiful, Lauren. You're on mute
2: sorry about that. <laughs> I was just saying that's so beautiful.
0: People are probably yeah, reading yeah. my lips here on the, on the video <laughs> portion. Right. But, um, I, this is just the heart of sidewalk advocates for life to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to really recognize the human family. Um, so thank you for your powerful. Yes. How, what a beautiful thing that you are now part of this, this family, um, in closing, Solange, I wanted to ask you what inspired you, what inspires you to keep going in this ministry and why is this so important to you?
2: Yeah. So, um, I, again, I just, I, I know that these women are going through so many, um, challenging things, when we meet them out there we know it's not because something is easy in their life there's something that's going on where they're needed uh where where it's needed for them to be seen and to be loved and for me it's just so important to be out there for them to know that there there is a voice for them as well just how we want to be a voice for the voiceless and um for these sweet babies also for these mamas they also matter they're also Uh, to be loved. And I want them to know that there are people like myself who are wanting to walk with them to, to follow in this journey. And, um, and yeah, I just, I I just want them to feel that they have someone Um, because a lot of the times that's what it is. They, they don't have someone to talk to or to, as I would do with her mama, which would be to go to a doctor's appointment. I was there for baby's birth. I I got to see this cutie be born and, 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 and two others now as well. So it's just been such a blessing to say, I said, I would be there for you. And I really meant that. And here I am. So I wish I could do it every single day. I started spring of last year of 2022. And ever since then, all the glory to God, I've been able to help save, um, that I know of, uh, 15 babies. Um, there could be many more, Sometimes we lose we lose touch. There's a lot that happens, but um, but yeah. So just to know that I've been able to be there for the le- the lives of these um, of these families is just such a blessing. I, I'm I'm really grateful with the Lord.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I couldn't have said it any better. I just I I really I'm just speechless. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for yes. being there. Thank you for living out the spirit of Sidewalk Advocates for Life, and even more so. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. That Amen. really is the the epitome of why we we do what we do, right?
2: Yes, yes. So- I'm I I love what Sidewalk Advocates for Life does. Um, um I'm also someone who who trains um for Sidewalk Advocacy mm-hmm. Sidewalk Advocacy. I do the training in Spanish. Um usually I tend to do it in the Bronx. So it's so beautiful every time we get to go through the program and you know guide other people to also be out there and and do this beautiful work. Um so thank you as well for everything that you do. And it's been such a beauty to to know of you and to know of this work and that we have this team that supports us um and 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 helps us with these mamas and, and their babies and the dads it's a family it's a it's a whole generation.
0: Yeah that's so, right amen saving you know, generations so well, Solon, and as you- you mentioned,
2: yeah yeah go ahead just just real briefly as you mentioned about being the feet of Jesus um all the glory to God too that these mamas get to know the love of God where they want to go ahead and and baptize baby they want to go ahead and and mm-hmm. go back to the church if they've um had a fallout and i always say um that that is another purpose um for all mm-hmm. that i do which is to bring them back to the feet of jesus if i can't do that then you know at the end of the day also uh what am i doing because a lot of the mm-hmm. times again, that's what they need. They need to know that um, they're being seen and loved by by the Lord as well.
0: Yeah, bringing them to Jesus. I think you hit on something so important that it's not just about saving lives and it's not just about filling material needs, but it's about bringing people to Jesus, um, bringing, him, uh, bringing them to uh, the great physician who can truly heal them and bring uh, them into relationship with him. That's the ultimate goal, is not just saving lives, but life abundant. So thank you for highlighting that as well. And thank you for, yes, for being a part you. of that life-saving soul-saving mission we really appreciate you well we hope that you and baby zoe and her family have a merry christmas thank you so much for being with us solange and yeah i hope Mm -hmm. everyone will hear the call that is really part of this interview which is if you have a tug on your heart to be a sidewalk advocate you too can save lives just like solange is doing day in and day out that's right That's right. thank you so much Merry thank Christmas! Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. bye, baby Zoe.
2: Bye, Zoe.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs> so awesome. good. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better than that. So what a what a great way to kind of round out uh, the year here, at least for our Christmas special, right? So good. Yeah,
1: so incredible. So thank you again for that special interview, Solange and baby Zoe. I want to go ahead and lead us in a scripture reflection and some prayer, and then we'll go ahead and close out the show. Today, I want to bring you Lamentations 321 through 23, which says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Some of you may know a a song that has some of those words in it, and just an incredible reminder of the faithfulness of God, and that we have hope in his faithfulness. We have hope in his great love towards us. And so incredible how this again is just showcased in the story that Solange was just sharing with us about baby Zoe and the reality that we can have hope when we hope in the Lord, that we can have hope that he will be with us, that he will guide us, that he will help us through all of the challenges around us, that he will help us to be a representation of him to those around us, And that we know that every single morning, his His faithfulness, his grace, his mercy is there for us again, that we can know and trust in him and in the faithfulness that he has towards us. So today, I just want to encourage you again with Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 and 23. You can go ahead and read the whole chapter. Spend some time meditating on these words and just on the reality and the revelation. That God is there with us, for us, and that we can hope in him and that we can trust in his faithfulness. And so with that today, if you would, let's pray as we get ready to close out the show. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again today. Thank you for the incredibly powerful story that Solange shared with us about baby Zoe and all of the many moms and families that she has been able to touch as a sidewalk advocate. God, we pray that you would continue to bless our sidewalk advocates, our our local leaders, our staff, and all of those who partner with us here at sidewalk advocates for life, that you would continue to bless all of those in the pregnancy help movement as we continue to be those who, you know, destroy obstacles for pregnancy for moms, as we continue to help them in their hour of need, whatever it is that they need to walk with them, to be alongside of them and to help them to see that they can continue their pregnancy and that they can um, give life to their precious children. God, I pray that you continue to bless us, guide us, and lead us as we continue in this great work. God, I pray that you would bless each and every one of us in this Christmas season and that you would continue to get all of the glory for all the great things that you've done. Thank you for being a faithful God, a God that we can hope in, and a God that we know will come through for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Oh, that was so beautiful. Those last two lines almost made me cry. Oh, so good. Yes, this is the season of hope. God is with us, Emmanuel, right? So we hope that all of you have an amazing, restful, beautiful Christmas season with your families. We are so excited to come to you just before the new year with another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. We'll be here on the 29th, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook Live, or where you get podcasts. Thank you, everyone. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Merry Christmas. Have a great Bye-bye. week.